Well, uh, here we are. Did not see that one coming. This is West of Everest. The day after Oklahoma falls to Kansas State, 41-34. to 34. And the main thing on my mind right now, I hate sports. Sports are stupid. Why do we even watch them? Why do we even talk about them? Sports are dumb. Uh, did not see that coming. By the way, Lee Benson alongside Grant Benson. I, I just, this is, this is a good thing here this morning, Grant, doing this podcast because I think we'll be able to get some of our thoughts out, even though they might be all over the place. And I know a lot of our listeners will probably be interested in just kind of listening and getting, you know, not that, you know, what we'll say are probably a lot of the things that they're thinking and maybe some things that they're not. Uh, Thankfully, we have a lot of three-word reviews to go through because you guys out there probably have a lot of things to get off your chest. Uh, But, um, I mean, it's September. Oklahoma's played four games. It's just... Everything we had seen through the first three games from not just Oklahoma, but Kansas State seemingly did not matter at all come last night, Grant. So uh, what's going on? How's it going this Sunday, I guess? Uh, you know, it's it always sucks the Sunday morning after an OU loss. And so uh, especially after one where, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think back into my, my memory bank here. Really one of the more infuriating losses I can remember as an OU fan. Not because it, it felt different or it was different in the way that they've lost. The reason why it was infuriatingly is the one thing that you mentioned previously is that K-State, totally different team than they showed in the first three weeks of the season. That wasn't the same team that I watched last week against Tulane. Totally different team. So that's frustrating. The thing that's probably the most frustrating, though, is that this loss for OU seemed extremely familiar, didn't it? As in, like... That's a loss that we could easily see OU having over the last five years, and it just it looked exactly like the product on the field the last five years. That's why it's infuriating. Yeah, I mean, an easy joke is that it looked like Alex Grinch was back calling the defense on the sidelines in Norman. It, I, you know what? And honestly, I, I kind of make fun of Alex Grinch there. He deserves uh, maybe an apology because the last three years he can't, you know, he couldn't stop Kansas State's offense very consistently last season Oklahoma beat Kansas State but uh, K-State still was able to score 31 I think I mean technically it was 24 I think they had a kickoff return touchdown but now Britt Venables is calling the defense and it didn't matter it's I, I yeah it did feel familiar and I just you mentioned the two lane game I didn't get a chance to really watch much of that uh, I watched the Missouri It's, it's game. hard to describe to you how much of a different team it is. All of a sudden, Adrian Martinez can outrun linebackers again. All of a sudden, Deuce Vaughn can make people look stupid again. All of a sudden, Kansas State's offensive line can block again. It's infuriating that Kansas State looked that horrible on offense the first three weeks. And then over the course of five days of practice, they just decided to be good. It's infuriating. <laughs> But also, it's infuriating that Brent Venables and his defensive staff got absolutely punked in this game. They were not ready to defend Adrian Martinez or anything that he does well. Infuriating. Uh, and, and that Adrian Martinez is, is certainly one of the big stories of the game. Uh, I mean, the biggest story from our perspective is, is the defense. I mean, that's, that's the, the thing that is supposed to be better. It had been better. Uh, Nebraska's offense had been really good, and Oklahoma made it look really bad last week. And Kansas State's offense had been pretty darn bad to, at, at best, average. I mean, Kent State's offense had been better than Kansas State's offense through the first 
you know, three, four weeks of the season. And Oklahoma was able to hold Kent State to a field goal, no touchdowns. And I, Adrian Martinez, you look at his numbers, actually, passing numbers are very Adrian Martinez-like, not all that impressive. Didn't turn the ball over, so that's good. It's just his rushing stats. He had his best rushing game. I was looking back, the best rushing game of his career, not surprisingly. He actually had more yards rushing a couple of seasons ago, but you add in the fact that he had like 148 yards rushing and four touchdowns by far, the, the most touchdowns rushing. I, I don't understand how he, you look at the quarterback run game is part of Kansas State's offense, and it was, the but, first it was games. but it was not. It was not in the first like three that. weeks. Not in the first but, three weeks. They did not. They all of like that. The aggressive, not like that. No, they did not run Adrian Martinez like that in the first three weeks. That was new this week. They showed that this week. They did none of that in the first three weeks. And you had texted me during the game, man. It looks pretty clear that. Kansas State was kind of messing around, not showing much for the first three weeks, but it ended up backfiring and, and against Tulane, and they lost. You or know, not. Ho- you know, or maybe that's me just coping. Or not. Or maybe they really are just kind of mediocre. Well, they probably, you know, and that's the sad thing. Well, K-State's it's probably three in the middle. Now. It's probably in the middle. So, uh, I don't even really know where to begin. So, I, I was trying to rewatch as much as possible. We're always so so crunched with time in a perfect world man i would love to get up on sunday rewatch the entire game take a couple notes and then do this podcast with with the entire game rewatch but that's just impossible because i i can't i don't have enough time for that because i got to go into work today and i i just can't commit that much time to the podcast and then going to work so that's just not you know in a perfect world i can't do that and so i, I was only able to get i wasn't even able to get through the first quarter because of the, the way in which I was watching the game and, and the, the type of situation. Like, I was trying to watch through my cable. And it's dumb. So and it's not on YouTube yet. And I, defensively, it looked like you know, I, I was able to see the first two series. And obviously, Kansas State was able to score the first couple of series. And they just seemed like they could do whatever they wanted. I mean, they were converting over the middle, throwing the ball. They were able to run the ball decently. The, line, the Oklahoma just looked like it was on its toes. You know, the first three games, this team looked so prepared defensively and almost like it knew what was coming. Perfect example, last week against Nebraska when Deshaun White anticipated that throw by Casey Thompson and the ball hit him in his back and then like a play or two later he got you know ejected for targeting. But it seemed like Oklahoma knew exactly what Nebraska was going to do before they snapped the ball. Against Kansas State, it was the opposite. They Kansas State had them on on their heels. They didn't know it was coming. And it's not like Kansas State averaged nine yards per play, but they averaged over six yards per play and had the football for 35 minutes of the game and got first downs and was able to move the change every single time Kansas State needed to. And there's no there's no other word other than frustrating. It's just really frustrating to see I don't, like, the, I'm, the way the defense played. It's frustratingly because there were no adjustments as the game went on. K-State did the same thing over and over and over again. Spread people out. OU was in man coverage the entire game for whatever reason. And Adrian Martinez was able to just run free. They weren't, you know, K-State, get, you have to give their offensive line credit. Their offensive line was nails in this game. They were amazing, especially in pass protection. They, they picked up all of OU's pressures almost easily like it didn't even ever phase them 
And so once that was the case and OU was just playing man coverage on the back end, then yeah, Adrian Martinez just ran around back there. And that happened the entire game. I, like, I don't, I don't know what OU's defense was trying to do in this game. I have no idea. Well, I know they had to have been, they had to have been spying him, right? And that's the no. thing is I haven't watched enough of the game. I, I remember, I, I can remember one specific play where there was a spy, and it was Deshaun White. It was on, it was on a play where Martinez was able to buy time, rolling to his left, and he he hit a receiver like on on one of those little float passes for a first down. But Deshaun White was was spying him on that play, and he got caught up in some muck, and uh, and Martinez was able to get out, and and he wasn't a factor in the play. Other than that, I do not remember any situation where they had a spy on Martinez. They definitely weren't spying him on that last third and sixteen, even though in the in the in the the post game press conference, BV said that was a bust. There was someone supposed to be spying him there, but I don't know why. I mean, they were playing man to man cover one on that play, so I don't know who was supposed to be spying. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to rewatch that play. They were playing man to man cover one. Yes, on third and sixteen. It's awful, awful call. And Deshaun White was the deep safety. And they had Billy Bowman in the box. They had Igwebu and Stutzman on the edges, basically blitzing. I think they were probably supposed to keep contain or something. It was probably one of them who busted, I would guess. And then they had they had they had Bowman coming up in the box. He was the only one in the box um, on that third and sixteen. And they also Kansas State also ran that Senate, the tight end guy, on a crosser, and that made Billy Bowman hesitate just a little bit, and that gave Martinez enough space to get up through the middle of the field, and it was over after that. So yeah, again, without the benefit of rewatching the game, so you're, you're you're telling me the most important defensive play of the game on third and sixteen in a game in which Adrian Martinez had shown incredible ability to maneuver within the pocket, step up, uh, step up inside the pocket. He 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 didn't get sacked one time. You're telling me that they left the entire middle of the field open. They left the entire middle him? of the field openly the entire game. I just don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. Bad game it. plan is a bad, bad defensive know, it, game it, plan. I don't know what they were trying to be, do. It's going to be even more frustrating whenever Kansas State's offense is, you know, kind of reverts back to just being kind of fine for the next eight games of the season. And Adrian Martinez, you know, doesn't run for 100 yards the rest of the year in a game. So, because, I mean, I, so, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the defense was supposed to be better. It has been. And then this game happens. And it's against an offense that's not an elite offense. And it's it's very Alex Grinch speed D-like. And it's against Kansas. It's the same Kansas State team where he couldn't figure it out. He couldn't figure out how to – a lot of the times in the last few years, it was just you – know, they overpowered OU. They were able to put a bunch of extra blockers, and then they just would run off tackle and power. Absolutely. And Oklahoma couldn't figure it out. They were outnumbered and in the run game the entire time. They tried to come out with that three-down, three-three-five look, which I don't understand why you would run that defense against Kansas State. I honestly do not. Um, I, and they, they kept running that little guard tackle pull up into the middle gap with Deuce Vaughn. That was the only run play they ever had any success on, and it worked every single time. When they when they when they threw out that three down alignment, they're not yeah the safeties aren't good enough coming down into the box yet to tackle guys like Adrian Martinez and Deuce, Deuce Vaughn. I it was just a it was a game where it's kind of almost like back to the drawing board for the defense because I don't I just I don't know what they were doing. Kansas State 
averaged 5.6 yards per rush, ran for 284 yards. Uh, two, 275, sorry. Two, my bad. <laughs> uh, not, not quite as much. <sighs> I, yeah. And here's the thing. It was one. Yes, the, the Kansas State offense came out, had success the first couple of series. And then the Oklahoma defense seemed, seemingly kind of figured it out. The, the last two series of the first quarter inside Memorial Stadium, it got really loud. There was a lot of juice. The, the fans came. It was a night game. You know, that factored in a little bit there, and it helped. And it seemed like Oklahoma was able to, like, again, kind of figure it out. They got off the field, got the football back, was able to tie the game at 14. And at that time, it, it was it, – I don't know how you felt, Grant, but in my mind I thought, okay, here we go. We're, we're back, to, back to even. The defense seems like they've got this figured out. We're good here. I thought and we then, were about to see a, a separation, like them with the bang, bang, bang – quick like quick change kind of like what we've seen like what we saw against Nebraska where it was just like oh crap five minutes later and oh you just scored three touchdowns type of thing I thought that's what we were about to see and then of course of course Kansas State pulls a freaking kick return out of their butt of course that was the moment that I thought I think this is Kansas State's night I, I think that was like every single game that they win against Oklahoma they make a big special teams play that was one that absolutely just completely grabbed all of the momentum, right? What was the stadium like after that kick return? Oh, it's back to quiet. And that's that's what I was leading to because when that happened in my brain, I thought, you know what? There's a world in which we're looking back, you know, two and a half, three hours from now, and, and that was a pretty darn big play in this game. <laughs> and it was because it it got them some momentum back after they had been on their heels for a few series. Oklahoma's defense is good. And now all of a sudden they got the football in plus territory. And they go down, and, and I can't remember. Did they kick a field goal or score a touchdown? I can't remember. I think they scored a touchdown. They scored a touchdown. Because then they, uh, and then they kicked a field goal at the end of the first half. Kansas State did. So, you know, once Oklahoma is, a, you know, the defense, the, yeah, the, the special teams lets them down. The, the kickoff team lets them down. And it's almost like they just forgot that they're playing against Kansas State, and Kansas State's always good at returning kicks no matter what. And it was, it was perfectly blocked. Perfectly blocked. I mean, it was, it was a good return by Knowles, but it was, I mean, the hole was massive. He could have driven a car through it. All right, we've exclusively talked about the defense, and obviously we got to do offense too, but let's go to the three-word reviews from the West of Evers Facebook page because I kind of want to stick on the defense. And That's what this game's about. The offense was good, was good yesterday. I agree. We, there's, there's, they were... They were there's some high leverage situations where they were not good, but play to play, their offense was the best it's looked all season last night. I you know we can I definitely want to get into that. By far the best that. defense they've seen. But yeah, but it's this this game they lost this game because the defense sucked. Period. <laughs> it's a team that they've they've been so good at havoc. They've you know they came in Oklahoma defense came in leading the le- the, the nation in tackles for loss. I think tied for second in sacks and OU had I think four tackles for loss and zero sacks they didn't even get close on it no sack didn't even get close to a sack either I was just watching uh in the, in the first quarter the Martinez he was able to sidestep one kind of late in the first quarter and ended up being on a drive when they didn't do anything but he just he's a veteran player he's been around since I mean, I, th- I think since Bill Snyder was coaching or maybe even Ron Prince at Kansas State, I can't remember. Yeah, his first year was 2018, long. which was um, which was <laughs> Snyder's last year. 
Wow. Okay. So there you go. And it's just it's just so frustrating because he's one of those players that you know, ask Nebraska fans. He was he was such an inconsistent guy. You know, they would love him and then they would hate him. He would make a big a big turnover, big big mistake, and not great. I mean, yeah, like for some reason I thought they were five and seven last year. No, they were three and nine at Nebraska. Uh, super close to every single game. They played OU close on that field last year. I don't know how much that, you know, maybe him already had played a game at Oklahoma, helped him as far as his familiarity. I don't know. It, it can't hurt. Um, but it's just he he was really good, but Oklahoma seemingly made it easier on him than it probably should have been. And again, without the benefit of rewatching the game back with the exception of the first couple of series where – I mean, there was one play in the, in the first quarter where they dragged Phillip Brooks across into total green grass, and he picked up like 20 yards down inside the 10-yard line. And Woody Washington looked like he was playing man on the backside. And on, on the front side of the play, it would look like it was zone. And I don't – was that the idea of it? Was it supposed to be man on one side, zone on the other side? Because if so, Kansas State certainly exploited it. In my mind, I was like, I, I don't understand the whole man on one side, zone on the backside of certain plays because you open yourself up to that right there where you, you wash out a player playing man and then you got a wide-open guy on the backside that doesn't have anybody playing man on him from the front side. And so just stuff like that where I don't know if that was a miscommunication or if that was the right call, but it seemed like all night long that it just Oklahoma didn't know what it was doing compared to what it was doing the first three games of the season. And whereas, whereas Kansas State felt like they had the, an exact idea of how they wanted to attack OU, and they did it perfectly. I mean, Kansas State played a perfect game offensively. And it's not like Chris Kleiman has faced Clemson, <laughs> you know, like it's not like he had faced Brent Venables before. <laughs> like, that wasn't the same just, stuff. Like, I'm sorry, they weren't doing the same stuff. They were more complicated on defense against Nebraska last week than they were this week against K-State. So I, I don't, I have no idea what happened in this game. I hope that it was such a head scratcher and so, so out of character that it's just a fluke. And that, you know, going forward, we'll, we'll see a lot better. You know, it's never as good as you think or as bad as you think. But, I, you know, the defense was putrid atrocious last night. So bad, awful. I mean, if Alex Grinch was still here during this, and that was like, this is the fourth year of Alex Grinch, we've seen that, I'd be like, get him out of there. This was awful. Yeah. No, 100%. It's like, hey, you know, you, you showed some improvement last year in Manhattan with Skylar Thompson, and, and now, now you're at home, and, and now there's a huge regression. But it's Brent Venables, and it's Ted Roof, and that, yeah, that, it, it's not great. So let's go to the West of Evers Facebook page. Tim, it's a you know, great transition to Tim's three-word review. He says, Brent, defensive genius, question mark? Historically, his resume, yes, he is. That, that's the problem. But hey, he is. one of his bits at, at it, OU – before he went to Clemson Lee was that he really struggled with mobile quarterbacks and like who doesn't right everyone struggles with mobile quarterbacks but also at the same time not everyone does <laughs> Clemson didn't ever yeah I don't I don't know man. it's probably because Clemson just had a ton of NFL players and it's probably you know it's pretty clear that especially in the front seven you know that's that's not the case yet for OU um well I mean, we'd get into that but it's just uh, it's it's frustrating all right, Shane's three-word review, mental Monday skipped, question mark? And that's the thing. I mean, I, 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 hey, you know, I tried to warn Brent Venables on Tuesday. I asked him the question about, hey, it's a letdown game. How do you prevent that? And 
You know, we talked about it on the last podcast, Grant, and everything I said looks really stupid now. You know, thanks a lot, Brent Venables. I, I was defending you, and now I look dumb because I, I acted like I'm not almost 35 years old and have never watched football before. I was trying to look at the bright side and trying to pretend like everything was better now. And I just conveniently forgot that sports happen and sports suck, and I hate them because I, I just, it was the most obvious letdown spot ever. You just blew out Nebraska on the road. You're playing so well. The team you're going to play just lost a game they didn't expect to at home. You're ranked almost in the top five. You're going back home. They're going to be super hungry. You're, you better know that coming in. They're, not near, they're probably not as bad as they were the week before. So with all of that information, make sure that you are super prepared and you don't lose this game. Well, they lost the game. And not only did Oklahoma lose the game, they essentially trailed. I mean, I guess they did tie it at one point, but I mean, they never led. Oh, you never led in the game. That's insane. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm just kind of we're, we're kind of working out all of our frustrations here. Yeah, no, this is good. I haven't I haven't been able to verbalize any of this since the game ended last night. So that's probably why I'm coming off a little, you know, aggressive. That was it was so I've you know, I've um I've I've mellowed quite a bit watching OU games over the last handful of years. You know, I, I last night I was getting visibly frustrated watching it. I mean, just especially watching Adrian Martinez run around back there every single play with no adjustment. It just drove me insane. How do you not? That seems like a game now. It's so easy to do everything in hindsight. And I want to remind you again, I haven't watched it back fully. But doesn't it seem like a game and where maybe like maybe Billy Bowman needs to be a spy? Maybe this guy that's a super athletic guy who has improved quite a bit in one offseason maybe this is the guy that needs to spy because I you know I don't trust David Aguebu or sorry Deshaun White because I just don't think that they're the guys that can, I mean at least I'm basing it off of the I did see a play where David Aguebu took a horrible angle on Adrian Martinez in the first quarter on a, a third and long where he was scrambling and it ended up being the the play where OU kind of he kind of pushed forward and he dragged a couple of guys forward a couple of yards to get a first down and Oguebu just took a terrible angle on him and just was basically out of the play. And I thought, well, if, if this is the linebackers that are trying to chase after this guy or potentially spy him, just after watching that play back, I, that's, that's not going to work the rest of the night. And you told me it didn't, it didn't even seem like they were really spying him. So no, they weren't. I, and if they, if they were, they, people were, were just busting the entire game. If, if that was called, then it, it did not seem obvious at all you know, on the broadcast. So yeah, I, and this, this is me just kind of throwing stuff out there, but like, of course, hindsight is twenty twenty. but it's like, man, I, I don't think Kansas state was doing anything overly complicated in this game. They were essentially running the Colin Klein offense. And, you know, I, I felt like this would have been a really good game. And maybe this is something we'll see if, you know, for whatever reason, what if they, these two teams meet again in, in Dallas at some point in time, which it's, it's, which is unlikely, but, why not just put Jaron Kanick out there and say your job is Adrian Martinez? Don't get, don't let him get behind you. Ooh, even that's even, and more, that's all you're did doing. He even really play? Did he even really play last no, night? I didn't, he did not play a single snap last night on defense. That's weird. I, mean, I, 
I mean, I get he's a freshman, uh, but he just came off playing a bunch of snaps against Nebraska. I don't know. I mean, what's I mean, heck, I mean, Trey Morrison was out there. I saw early on and I don't know how much snap, how many snaps he played. Grant, he's a veteran player, so that's not a yeah, fair I saw comparison. a lot more Trey Morrison. They just, I mean, they played a lot of nickel last night, so they were putting a lot of DBs on the field. And um, I don't know, man. Like, I just it's of course, like now we're just kind of working through stuff like what could you have done differently? But, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the everlasting images of, of the game is that. Manda Guaybu, just he looked slow. He looked really, really slow. And it almost felt like to the point where Kansas State knew that, and a big part of their game plan was to try to get him in space against Adrian Martinez. Mission accomplished. So, so there's that. And another thing that I just through my camera lens, and you tell me how this comes across, you know, in the passing game, it seemed to me like they, they were keying on Deshaun White and trying to throw in the direction of Deshaun White because he's a linebacker that's now essentially playing safety, and they thought maybe we have a good matchup here. And I think White ended up making a couple of plays, but did it seem to you like maybe they were targeting throwing the ball around Deshaun White, or was that me just I would maybe say take, taking two or three plays out of context? I, th- I think that's you taking two or three out of context. I thought, I thought okay. there were three guys on the defense who you could say did not have a bad game. Deshaun White is one of them. The other two are Jalen Redmond and Isaiah Coe. Um, other than that, I thought I thought Deshaun White was was okay for the most part. He missed. He had a massive, huge missed TFL on that last drive of the game. That was huge, um, and that led to a penalty. And so that was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, Lee, I would say uh, you know those passes over the middle. They were mostly just attacking the safeties. OU safeties were atrocious last night. So, yeah, it, it did seem, again, uh, did not Attack- seem like it was the best night for Justin Broyles. Attacking the safeties like- and also, sorry, attacking the corners whenever they were in man coverage. A lot. Woody Washington was bad last night. Jaden Davis was bad last night. I, Malik Knowles got open, got way too much space on the outside on some of those, like, curls or, or stuff that they were running. He got way too much space on those all, too, all, all night long. Yeah, I mentioned Broyles. I... You know, I, I don't recall Key Lawrence looking great either. Uh, you mentioned the safeties, so I just want to throw both of those guys out there. I, you know, so, all right, let's go to more three-word reviews to get this going. Uh, Justin says, terrible team defense. Yep. Uh, Micah says, discipline has disappeared. And, you know, that's, how many penalties did they have? Let me look at the box 11. score. 11 for 87 yards. All of them hurt bad, too. <laughs> yeah, they were. They all came at the at the worst possible time. You know, I, and you, know, you can save some of it for the offense, but I just I remember one. You know, when they were trying to go for it on fourth and two or whatever, and then they had a I think they d- delay a game or a false start, so they ended up punting. So who knows if they picked that up? Yeah, it, we're it gonna, they were like, going to go for it on fourth and two, and then they had back to back false starts. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the ten and. Really, only one penalty that stands out to me kind of hurt Kansas State. I, I want to say that maybe kind of late in the game, they had a false start that made it first and 15. Uh, that kind of put them behind, that helped that OU. Or maybe, you know, maybe on that, that drive that ended up that where Martinez had the long run that essentially sealed the game. I, they may have had a penalty on that drive to start, too. That yeah, they had an OU, illegal man downfield on, that, on yes, that play. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that was, uh, well, that on, was Which, honestly, it was kind of a – it was by the letter of the law, it was the correct, it was the correct thing. But the guy was so out of the play, and he just kind of lost his focus, and it didn't matter. Nobody was keying on him at all. And so it was just more of just like a lack of focus for K-State in that situation. But it didn't matter because Martinez iced the game two plays later, which he was – it's like 
on that last drive, it's just like, did I'm sure everyone in the stadium once, like, I'm sure everyone was just like, yeah, Martinez is definitely going to ice this thing, and he did. I, you know, I'm I'm just always super positive, so I, I did not. I I thought they were going to stop them, get the ball back, and then you know, I I don't know if they were going to go down and score, but I thought OU would get the ball, we get the ball with a chance to tie. I, mean, I thought OU, that was going to happen. Oh. It was third and sixteen. All K State had to do in that game, man, was 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 get OU into five wide, and that they they did whatever they wanted. When that when just just like Alex Grinch, just like just like when you spread uh, OU out, they just cannot defend you anymore. Gross. More three word reviews from the West of Ever's Facebook page. Trey says, "Lights out, knockout." I like that one. The you know, the. The lights, the light show between the third and fourth quarter that was kind of uh, advertised on social media, and I'm not sure how much it was advertised to those who aren't on social media. It, uh, I, I hate, I hate to say it, but it ended up being kind of a dud. It, I, it was a great time for it too because it needed to to have some energy in the stadium, and it just didn't, it didn't do anything. I, I thought uh, the Kent State, whatever they did, before, you know, during the Kent State game. It was more of like kind of flashing like a like a rave, like flashing the lights. That brought more energy than Phil Collins. Uh, I can fill you in the air tonight, whatever they did. And I'm just I'd like to hear what anybody else thought about that that was there. But, you know, maybe it was just because the Oklahoma was losing the game. But really, it was a time when Oklahoma needed a lot of juice in the stadium. And, and that whole light show thing did not really bring it. Unfortunately, well, why so. would it? I've always found that concept weird. Why well, because, would a again, light like, show fire you up and not the football on the field? That's so odd to me. Well, I'm basing it off of the last time. The uh, Kent yeah, State yeah. Game. And of course, this is reality, right? Like, and, and I know people like the Kent State game in the second half. People said after the light show, like the energy in there was great. That's so wild to me that you need a light show to get energized. Well, because I, you know, now it, it was just different. But I think it it really depends on what kind of if you use some music or whatever, because just the. The slow, like the whole idea of that song by Phil Collins, like it builds up to like the big, you know, the drum, whatever thing. Well, of course, that song is awesome. That's a great song. That's that's not and, the but point. It just, it just, it just, it was not. It just, it didn't work. It didn't work. And, you know, maybe if the game was going better, people would have gotten more behind it and stuff. But, anyways, I no, I, I, I would say like I'm, I'm sure the I'm sure the lack of energy in that situation had much more to do with everyone realizing that they were just watching the same team they've seen the last five years. Oof. There wasn't like that's that was the most frustrating thing about that game is that after the Malik Knowles kickoff return and then Kansas State went up twenty one to fourteen in my head I was thinking OU's not going to win this game. See, but and I, how and many like, times and, have you how many times have you texted me over the last five years though that that they're not going to win but they actually end up do you know they actually do end up winning games and they do but it's still it's still the feeling though if I'm feeling that there's other people in the stadium feeling that as well. And it's tough to get it's it's tough to get your emotions up to get to the point where you want to put everything you have into that when you kind of feel like you're seeing the same story over and over again. Why yeah. put why 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 put in that emotional work to do all of that stuff when you know you're going to be let down at the end? Even if most of the time when you feel that feeling, oh, you does pull it out. But in those situations, he just it's it's just like. That, to me, just told me, based off what I've seen over the last handful of years with OU football after that kickoff return, was that this game was following the Kansas State script perfectly. Everything that they need to do to win this game is happening for them. That's why I felt that way after the kick return. 
couple more on west of on the west of Everest facebook page another one from justin he says offensive penalties killed yes they did and we'll finish up on the facebook page with hunter coming in with some positivity with some positive vibes hunter says 11 and one well that sure would be nice hunter big fan Hopefully of that hunter you're that's correct. right that's right i think that's still possible i do because and uh, this is this is one positive thing I'll say before we go into more negativity, but we'll we'll be positive later on. Um, I'm I'm fairly certain after watching the game that OU does have the best offense in the Big Twelve. I thought they were really good on offense last night, outside of the untimely penalties and the two missed throws from from Gabriel. Um, they they were cutting up Kansas State's defense pretty good last night, and K State's defense is good. Yeah, no, that's a, that's what's so frustrating is that was the matchup in the game. We talked about it on the on the podcast. That was the most important thing. Oklahoma's offense against Kansas State's defense. If Oklahoma can move the football and, and score points, they should have no problem winning this game because Oklahoma's defense should have been able to hold Kansas State to a relatively low point total, given what we had seen so far between uh, by both teams. And no, it, it the matchup actually ended up being the OU defense versus the K-State offense. That ended up being the most important part of the game, which is just wild, man. That's wild to me. All right, over to the over to my Twitter account at Lee Benson News Nine. More three word reviews. Ryan, my News Nine coworker, pretty creative one here. And I was kind of thinking about this up uh, up at the crow's nest. That was like crow's nest. If I was a Nebraska newspaper, you know, what would my headline be after this one? And I, I kind of along the same lines here as well uh, as Ryan. He says, "Yo, no, Adrian. You know, playing off of Rocky makes sense." I. That's that's too easy, but I think you have to go go with that. If if you're a Nebraska newspaper, it, your headline's got to be like "Yo, Adrian" is like the head, you know with a a cool picture of Adrian Martinez like bowing or something on the front page. Like that's just it's it kind of writes itself unless they had a little more creativity for their their headline. I don't know. Um, all right, so our cousin James says wasn't expecting that. James is a K State guy. I, there's no way anybody on K, you know K State fans were expecting that. You know that what a great night for. For Wildcat fans, what a what a fun night for them! And I know how it's going to turn out. I'm sure a lot of K State fans are going to have high expectations for the the rest of the season, and they're probably not going to look like that again the rest of the year. And they're probably going to go like eight and four. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably I you know I do. Kansas State's defense is good. Um, Julius Brents, particular, he's the best player on that defense. It's not it, it's not Uzama. It's it's Julius Brents. Cool. Yeah, is he a defensive lineman? I don't even know who that is. Uh, he's a corner. He's like he's six four. Whatever. He's good. He's really. No, good. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I guess he didn't do anything in the Missouri game that I saw, and I don't really remember him last night, mainly because I don't know anything about their defensive players. And here's, well, here's and, the thing and like that let's I, 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 yeah, and that's that's me just throwing something out there. Kansas State's defense last night was not good. OU shredded it pretty consistently. Yeah, when uh, Theo Weiss caught that over route and just kept running and running and running for Oklahoma's first touchdown I thought oh that's an interesting play like I didn't see that much thought, space when I was watching them against Missouri I want to go back and re-watch that I was wondering if that's if that's a variation of the old Lincoln Riley leak play I kind of want to go I back and rewatch it was it. I think it was I mean it was it was a deep over route so that part of the concept was there I didn't watch close enough though to see what the other part of the play was if there was a, a couple of you know if it was a couple of posts on the backside to free up. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nobody there. Tyler says, where's the discipline? 
in reference to all the penalties. Great question. He left it in Lincoln. <laughs> left it in Lincoln, yeah. Brett says, defense dropped drastically. It's a good one. Uh, Hunter is kind of confirming what you were saying earlier about how Oklahoma was not keying on Adrian Martinez. Hunter says, use QB spy. I guess we didn't see much of that. Bobby says, totally outcoached. Yep. Well, it's just Chris Kleiman, man. We always, what am I ever going to learn? I hate that guy. What am I, I going to learn him. my lesson with Chris Kleiman? I just, I never learn. I love the guy, yet every time OU plays him, I'm like, yep, hammer OU, my, swallow all those points. They're going to they're gonna roll them. I watch, you know, I see these two teams play. There's, there's a huge talent difference, and then they play and, and Kansas State wins, or they keep it within a touchdown. I, I will never learn. I suck at this. Yeah, I, and, like, and you know, I, I was thinking about it, too, all day yesterday leading up, and, and it was kind of a wacky day in college football yesterday. There weren't a ton of upsets, but there's just a lot of weird stuff that was going on, and I was just thinking about my words on the last podcast, essentially at the end saying, hey, you know, it's like I'm, I'm always kind of worried about Kansas State, but based off what they've seen, the la- what, what I've seen the last three weeks... This is a game that OU should win comfortably, and I, I that just haunted me the next couple days after that because how it should have ended was, based off what we've seen the first three games, OU should win this game comfortably, and that's why OU should be terrified of this game because it's Kansas State. But See, I, didn't, I, mean, I, I, thought, you... I, I thought I went too hard in the paint against Nebraska, and I, I didn't want to do that again, and... I don't know. I, f- I feel foolish. I feel foolish. Because this, like, how that game played, it, wasn't, it didn't surprise me at all that Kansas State came out and played a perfect game. It's just frustrating. It sucks. I mean, again, I, I can't learn anything, so it surprised me. And it definitely surprised me after they tied it up at 14 because it's, it was kind of similar. You know, it, it went on a little bit longer than in Lincoln. But, you know, Brent Venable said, hey, you know, I'm happy that happened. They, you know, Nebraska threw the first punch. They settled in and played a lot better the rest of the way. Okay, Kansas State threw a couple of punches, but it looked like Oklahoma had kind of gotten their feet settled and they got back to even, and they were going to learn from it and they were going to play really well the rest of the way. Well, they didn't. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's like, like whatever they learned against Nebraska didn't matter. That's what's so frustrating about it. It's like everything was kind of playing out the right way. And I get it. It's sports. Like everyone practices too. We say it all the time. It's just, yeah, higher expectations. And yeah, I, I'm looking at our three-word reviews. Caleb says, next game up, and you know, moving on to the next one. And Caleb also adds, hey, no one picked them to go undefeated. And you're right, Caleb, 100% right. You know, it, it's just, it's, I didn't have losing to K-State, though, really on my, my OU board of potential losses. And you know, I should have, but then again, I, in my mind, Britt Venables here, and the defense was the issue against Kansas State the last few years. I thought that would be solved against Kansas State. And I talked about it on the last podcast. The last time Brent Venables was at Oklahoma defending Kansas State was when Colin Klein was the quarterback, and Oklahoma did pretty well in that game, held him down. And so, hey, Colin Klein's calling the plays. Okay, you know, that's, that's a kind of a – didn't have that much of a connection, but to me, just for fun, it kind of did. Didn't matter. It was the other way around. I mean, Colin Klein had his way with Brent Venables, which is not great. Not great. Clint from Twitter says, painful to watch. Yeah, it was. 
And I think this is a good one from Sunny Hill Sooner. It's a little dramatic, but I it's fair. Program momentum crashed. You know what, Grant? The Brent Venables era was fun while it lasted. You know, four games in. So who's a, who's the next coach going to be? What do you think? Uh, maybe promote Jeff Lebby? Yeah, yeah I don't know. Maybe just good. go just go grab climbing from across the sideline. <laughs> just go. go. Joe Castiglione walks out in the middle of the field. Hey, uh, Chris, um, looked to offer you the job. Sorry, Britt. Uh, you, we're giving you a pretty short leash here. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously we're joking, but it's just it. it just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I know everything you've said is, is right. We should have been worried about it. I didn't learn. I'm stupid. I'm dumb. I just did not see that coming, man. I just did not see that coming. And it's just it's frustrating. We haven't even talked about the offense yet, which, again, I mean, we, a little bit, but it's played pretty well. Uh, well I mean, more do positive. You wanna, do you want any more? Just like, should we just do final thoughts on the defense and we can go to the offense? Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, final thoughts on the defense. That sucked. Hopefully they play better the rest of the year. That's all my. That's all I got. I, I really, until I watch the tape back again, which I don't even know how much I will, it's just uh, did not see that coming. Expected more out of a Brent Venables defense against an offense that's not that great. And we'll see what happens the rest of the season defensively. Hopefully the you know best case scenario is, hey, they got punched in the mouth. They got their first loss. And now the defense can go back to the drawing board and play a lot better the rest of the way. That's my hope. That's my hope as well. So, yeah, it's like, you know, bad game. That's the first bad game they've had defensively this season. Hopefully they can wash their hands of it. But hopefully they also make adjustments. Hopefully they don't just kind of just run their head against the wall and see if something different happens. I want them to make adjustments really, really badly. And, you know, what are those adjustments? I'm not sure. I do know after watching that game, they're very vulnerable over the middle of the field. They have a speed problem at one of the linebacker positions right now. And also, for whatever reason, the defensive line just could not really get organic pressure, you know, unless it was Jalen Redmond sort of beating a block right on the snap um, in that game yesterday. And so those are issues right now. Why was Kansas State able to block up OU's pressure so well? Um, and also, why were they less creative, it felt like, with their pressures in this one? Or did it just seem that way because Kansas State was so prepared? Um, the only things that I can think of is, you know, I'm, I'm usually not a huge fan of people just like throwing guys out there. Oh, we want to see more of that guy. But, I, you know, Jaron Kanick is a guy I felt like probably needed to be on the field more against Kansas State just because when we've seen him out there, I, he is a different level of athlete than anyone else that they have on that defense. And that's kind of what they needed last night. They needed a guy last night who was just thinking to themselves, I'm just not going to let Adrian Martinez run around me. And the only guy I feel like is big enough on their defense to do that consistently and fast enough right now is Kanick. And I understand he's a true freshman. And so that's probably why he's not out there. But he's the one guy after that game I'd say, I, I want to see a little bit more of him just because of his athletic profile. Isn't Stutzman kind of a guy, though, as well, that should have been able to do that against like a Martinez? Man, Adrian he had a Martinez? bad game last night. He was bad last night. It's like the linebackers just kind of – maybe just – I don't want to say the entire – the entire group, but I mean, it seemed like he was kind of just sticking his nose into piles. Like he, he just didn't really have a feel for where things were going to be, and the short amount of time you know, in the first quarter, at least, that I watched. And <sighs> and so right. yeah, and and then another yeah. thing, it's 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 frustrating. But Adrian Martinez is is he will probably be as good as that at other times this year. If you go look at his 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 seasons, Lee, he is a guy who is either really terrible or really good, no in between. That's and he's he's mostly he's 
Over the course of his career, a majority of the time, he's been terrible. But then he just pulls some of these amazing games out of his butt. Go look at his game log on ESPN.com. That's exactly what you will see. Just a bunch of kind of middling bad performances and then randomly an amazing performance on the road against Wisconsin, on the road against Ohio State, on the road last year against Oklahoma, on the road this year against Oklahoma. Hmm. Uh, Let's talk about the offense. Yeah, the offense played well. Uh, It started a little slow, obviously, but they were able to settle in. And the the biggest knocks on the offense, I'd say, is just – field goals you know they they stalled and that was penalties penalties ended up having them stall out they weren't able to get touchdowns when they needed them in some you know instances but for the most part against a really good Kansas State defense the offense played pretty well and I thought Dylan Gabriel Grant looked about the same way he looked the first three games like that's I think Dylan Gabriel has been pretty darn consistent and it's baked into the cake now I mean he's gonna miss three to five throws a game if not more and there's two to three in that one that really stand out that seemed like it may have cost Oklahoma some points, which against a team like Nebraska, whenever you know points aren't at a premium and you're scoring at will anyways, it's not going to matter that much. But in a game when points are a premium and the defense is not playing very well, they are amplified more. And again, I thought he played well. I thought Dylan Gabriel was good. It's just he's, he's going to miss three to four to six throws a game. And you're going to be like, God, why did you miss that throw? And that's that's the kind of the way it is. But again, like overall, I, I think the guy is playing pretty good football from the quarterback position. It's it's kind of a weird dynamic, right? He so yeah, he is what he is. I mean, he's exactly who I thought he was. Uh, and I just you, you just hope going forward he can spread out those misses a little more evenly, not in such high leverage situations. That's what you hope. Uh, because obviously there's there's two that are really sticking out in my mind. It's the one that he airmailed to Drake Stoops, where Drake Stoops ran the best route of his life, and it would have been a touchdown. And it was it wasn't even close. It was a terrible throw, awful throw. Did they end up? Did they end up punting on that? I believe drive, so. Did it, did, yes, did I believe that was a punt. I'm trying to find the game log. Yeah, yeah I, it was third and twelve, I think, and I think that may have also been after a penalty, a false start penalty. Um, and then of course the fourth and three. Uh, late in the game when they were down by a touchdown that's just awful you can't miss that throw I, I don't know how else to say about other, that one to Stoops know. as well right that yeah that was also to Drake Stoops poor Drake Stoops uh, I mean it was so I but I, that's that's who Gabriel is because he'll miss those throws and then he'll also hit hit, hit on that throw that tied the game at 14 to Marvin Mims where I feel like that's a throw that a lot of quarterbacks don't hit it, you know the, the the receiver in stride and so I with him, you're just going to have to take the good with the bad, and you're going to hope that Jeff Lebby continues to put him in good situations. And one of my big takeaways on the offensive side of the ball is the last the last two weeks especially, I think, I mean, their offense, when Jeff Lebby is actually cooking and he's actually calling some creative plays, I like I like it. I mean, they're, they're, he's putting them in some pretty good positions uh, to make plays. And when they are successful, the offense is really explosive. Um, the reason why this game was not a total washout for Kansas State is because OU was really explosive last night. When they were successful, they were getting chunks of yardage. And we haven't even gotten to the, you know, to, to the other goods. You know, I thought outside of the penalties, I thought this was the best game the offensive line has played this season against by far the best defense that they've played, mostly because they blocked up the running game pretty well tonight. 
Eric Gray was really good tonight, outside of a couple of plays where he tried to go outside when he should have gone inside for a few more yards, and it cost OU a first down. Um, I, you know, I thought everything, I mean, really, the, the offensive performance, the reason why they weren't really, really good last night, is you can boil it down to probably six or seven plays because of missed throws or pre-snap penalties. Other than that, OU's offense was pretty salty last night. It looks like the the miss to, to Stoops, the first one, was very end of the first quarter, and they did end up punting on that drive. It was third and six. It wasn't after a penalty, though. And so you mentioned those two throws, both the Stoops. There was another one that uh, – so the, the, third, the third throw that, that stood out to me, and I'm looking back at the game log, I guess this was early fourth quarter. What was the score at the time? 27, so they were down by a touchdown, and it was on third and nine in Kansas State territory, and he airmailed a a ball to Marvin Mims that would have been a first down. It was... That would have kept the drive alive. That was a really difficult throw. It was a very small window. They showed an interesting replay of it. It was a it was a cover. It, it looked kind of like a cover two ish type thing, and and Mims was right in between the corner and the safety. The corner was Julius Brents, who is six four and has like the longest arms of any corner in the country. Um, and it was it. I, I'm sure Gabriel was like, I have to get it over this guy's arms, and he airmailed it. And it, that was a tough throw. That that's a that's a tough throw for any quarterback to make. You know, I that one I'm okay with. Okay, but I mean, yeah, it's just. The fact that Oklahoma, you know, the Oklahoma's offense was able to keep them in the game. Uh, I mean, Gabriel had that really nice run kind of late in the game down near the goal line. Uh, that was a really nice play. Oh, d- didn't he have a, he had a pretty good scramble too at some point in the game as well, where he picked up like thirty yards. Uh, yeah, that kind of looked. Well, yeah, he did where he he outran a Kansas State linebacker in the backfield. Uh, I thought he was about to get sacked. That looked like a play where he held on to the ball too long, but he was able to escape. Um, they're going to have to, especially in, in higher leverage games, they're going to have to utilize his legs a lot more. The only problem is I don't think he's got a ton of straight line speed you know, in the backfield trying to run away from guys. But I don't know, man. Once, once he's going north and south, like he, it kind of feels like he gets upfield pretty quickly for a quarterback. Let's see. What else? Uh, I mean, the, yeah, the stats are good. I mean, they average like seven and a half yards per play. They Again, this is a good... Good Kansas State defense, and it, it just – it's kind of like what you were saying a little bit on the podcast last week is, you know, you, I remember you saying, like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a thing in sports where you could have a great week preparing and you show up and you just maybe don't play well or you still play pretty well but you still lose because the other team plays better. And I'm not saying that Oklahoma played great last night, but it just seemed like every single little issue, penalties, you know, like they, they just didn't – make the plays when they needed to, and everything just added up. Everything accumulated to the point where it's not, you know, it's not great, and also Kansas State's playing pretty darn well, and they're not shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, that's kind Kansas, of the, the State, way that, yeah. Kansas State needed every last bit of help that OU gave them to win that game. All of it. Okay, back to the three-word reviews. We try to wrap this bad boy up. William, just total negativity, but hey, we got we to do it. He says, Oklahoma is garbage. <laughs> just get it out. Get everything out, everybody. Uh, Dan's got quite a bit of three-word reviews. He says, wake up call. Tackling was atrocious. I believe Britt Venables 
parroted that in the post-game press conference. Uh, Dylan slightly off. And, I mean, we, we talked about it. Dylan was Dylan. That, I think that's what, that's what it is. That's what he is. But for the most part, he'll make plays. But then, yeah, he might miss a couple throws. Nick says, players drank Kool-Aid. They may have. <laughs> uh, this is from R at Bobby 71177. I kind of like this one because it's after last night. It's true. He just says, Nebraska really sucks. <laughs> uh, Miguel, extra, extra negative. What does that say We're about? Just, I'm sorry, but what does that say about Kansas State? They lost to Tulane, who lost to Southern Miss yesterday. That stuff does matter. It does matter that Kansas State lost to Tulane. Did Tulane play last night? I think they did. I don't know how they did. Yeah, they lost to Southern Miss. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, they lost? Oh, wow. Hey, let down game for Tulane. Coming off a big win on the road, playing at home, got beat. They're in the same spot as OU. <laughs> ah, sports is stupid, man. I just, I hate it so much. It's so stupid. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Miguel, super negative. But hey, you know, we got to do it. Miguel says seven and five. If OU was seven and five this year, uh, we might this this podcast is going to probably get canceled. That that'll be it. No more west of Everest. Holy cow, that would be awful. But I guess it's possible. Heck, anything's possible. I hope not. That would mean like, I'm, I'm, that'd mean them going four and five in the Big Twelve. Which hey, I'll be honest with you. I you know I'll take an L on that. The Big Twelve is awesome this year. It's the it, this is this, no, is this is the best the conference no has ever teams. been. There is not a there's single no bad, teams, bad team in this conference. And that is that's crazy. I mean, like I'm the two worst. I don't know who the two worst team. The two worst teams in the conference are probably Iowa State and Texas Tech. And Texas Tech just beat Texas yesterday. Uh, West Virginia is probably at this point the worst team, right? I I don't okay. know. I mean, probably if I had to pick one, but like also I I'm not really sure. But yeah, I, I also don't think I, I I also don't think Iowa State's very good either. Uh, Man, that game, Iowa State-Baylor, I watched a decent amount of that. Like Hunter Deckers is just not good. So he'll probably throw for 350 and like nine touchdowns against Oklahoma. That guy stinks. Like, I don't I, know, man. They don't <laughs> – Iowa State does not have – they don't have any explosion on their offense at all. But also, I'm not – you know, hey, I, like I'm not even – I'm not, I'm not going to get too gassed up about that at all. I mean, seeing as that OU just lost to a K-State team, which is essentially a spitting image at their best of the 2020 and 2021 Iowa State Cyclones. Exact same team. Last three-word review, we got to go to a longtime listener, Harry. Harry says, couldn't get a stop. I guess that's, I guess that's four words, but we'll take it, Harry. So uh, here we go. I guess the, the last thing, and, and this, this is uh, totally designed just for us to kind of go like, huh, but also who cares? It doesn't matter. You know, Grant, I mean, I, I know you remember, and this is totally different because of one other game, but, you know, it – it took Brent Venables to game number four to have a, a head-scratching, ridiculously stupid home loss. It, it took Lincoln Riley to game five to have that Iowa State loss back in 2017 where we were like, what the heck just happened there? But in Lincoln Riley's defense, they also had a win at Ohio State under, you know, on their resume at that point. So I will, uh, say, I will say that that 2017 loss to Iowa State at home was worse than this one because Kyle Kempt was the starting quarterback in that one. Adrian Martinez is actually a big guy who runs like a 4-6. Yeah, I mean, and Kansas State's got a really good defense, and that was before Iowa State's defense was really what it, what it had been in the last now four or five years. 
it was kind of like the very beginning of. But uh, if you of, think about Haycock it, Haycock and yeah, OU's yeah, OU's offensive performance in that game and this one were really really similar. They mostly cut through them the entire game and got a lot of chunk plays, but in the high leverage situations when they really needed to be precise, they failed. I get your point, but the my memories of the Iowa State game in 2017 was more of Iowa State burning up the time of possession and Oklahoma scored on every single drive except for like the last one where they turned it over. And so the the offense was great in that game. It's just uh, Iowa State had the football a lot and they they burned the clock and I think OU only had the football like six or seven times <laughs> in the entire game. So well, OU's 3 and 1. They lose. I was wrong. I uh I mean, I guess a lot of people were wrong. I mean, a lot of people, especially after the Nebraska game and the way Kansas State had been playing, but that's why we do this. That's why we watch. That's why we follow this stuff because it's unpredictable and it makes us so happy, but also at the same time, it makes us so mad and so frustrated. And guess what? We'll come back next week and be just as excited for the game at TCU. Ah, you know, I mean. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing. You got a, you got Max Duggan and Adrian Martinez are the same player essentially. So, there you go. You got, you kind of have a redo. Oh boy. Okay. Well, let's get out of here. You got any final thoughts, or should we uh, wrap this bad boy up? Yeah, I'm we'll good. see. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. I mean, we, you know, we were talking about. Remember, we were saying that Nebraska, the you know, the Nebraska, K State, TCU, Texas stretch is really tough. Man, hey, they're they're into their you know a totally new tough stretch now. You got TCU, Texas, and then after that, Lee got Kansas, who statistically is the best offense in the Big Twelve. <laughs> it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I mean, they gotta. I hope they I hope they get right against TCU. We'll we'll kind of see what happens. They need to be more precise on offense. Uh, you know, SMU is able to put up a lot of yards and points against TCU. Uh, but TCU was able to do the same against SMU as well. So we'll see if, and I know TCU is going to come out and they're going to spread OU out and they're going to have Duggan running around back there, I'm sure. And they're probably going to try to recreate the game plan that K-State just executed perfectly. Yeah, probably good good chance. We'll see if Brent Venables, yeah, if, if he's ready, he makes adjustments. That's his big thing. Every single game, game to game, you make your adjustments, your tweaks, your defense for that upcoming opponent. And it, it just, through three games, it was fantastic. Game number four just cratered. We'll see what happens next week. 11 a.m. kick, by the way, in Fort Worth next Saturday. So we'll be back later this week to talk all about OU, TCU, and the rest of college football. So until then, for Grant, I am Lee. This is West of Everest. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if you want to help us spread the word, please leave us a five-star review. And also, tell all of your friends who are OU fans about West of Everest. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.